Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. Today I'm interviewing Nicole Burgess. She is a leadership coach to introverted, ambitious, and highly sensitive professional women. She's also the host of the Soul Filled Sisterhood podcast, and it has one of my favorite logos of all time. Love her logo. It's like this gigantic, beautiful mandala. Over the last 16 years, she's coached, guided, and collaborated with over a thousand women. And she really is an expert on the highly sensitive person. Nicole's been on the podcast before. That time, I think she was talking more about parenting questions. And I just really love her energy. Now, just so you know, we lost audio about halfway through. So there's a little um, blip there. I'll put a little fairy wand sound as we come back. So this is not just a theoretical conversation. She also peppers in lots of practical suggestions for you along the way about what to do in certain situations if you are HSP. And if you're really unsure, you can take the quiz over at hsperson.com. All right, let's jump in. Hi, Nicole. Welcome back to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. And for the listeners, Nicole has a new puppy, Tango, who is super cute. If you go over to her like social media sites and see him and um, you may hear him in the background because he is quite rambunctious. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me do this. Let me pause for a second. Let me okay. let him out because I know he's had so much water and then I will be back. No problem. Okay. Back. Yes. All right. Great. So Nicole, you're a specialist in highly sensitive people. Correct. Highly sensitive person, particularly women. Mm -hmm. Do you find a lot more women are highly sensitive than men? You know, I can't even recall what Dr. Elaine Aaron, she's the one who coined that term back in the early 1990s. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe there is a, there's more men than women. I can't think of the statistic off the top of my head. Highly sensitives only make up about 20 to 25% of the population. So it's not huge. That's a good percentage. Yeah. But it's actually, is it, that's like a quarter of the people. It is, and to me, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking more like if it was 50 or 60, be like, oh, all right, we got half and half, but that's more like with introverts and extroverts. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's like, nope, it's just a smaller portion. And our world just really isn't designed too much for highly sensitive and empaths are something a little different, even though you can be an HSP and an empath. Um, mm-hmm. But Dr. Aaron, she- What's- Go ahead. What's the difference between an HSP and an empath? HSP is more like your deep thinking, deep feeling. I mean, it's literally we're neurologically where our brain is wired very differently. And I was reading some things about an empath is much more where they they're sensing things, feeling things. They may feel energy differently. It can be an HSP and an empath. 
So it's just recognizing, again, there's not a lot of scientific studies done trying to discern between the two. Um, And I think there's where some confusion and then sometimes there's some division with people. They're like, no, but I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And it's like, well, okay, you can be both. Interesting. Well, I was riding along in the car with my two girls Mm -hmm. last weekend Mm -hmm. and my 15 year old was recently diagnosed with autism level one, Mm -hmm. which I like to call the artist formerly known as Asperger's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, my older daughter who's 20 asked me, mom, do you think you're autistic? And I was like, uh, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't meet criteria. I'm pretty sure she's like, yeah, but you have autistic traits. And I was like, you know, I know I'm a highly sensitive person, mm-hmm. HSP. And then she went on this whole, like, um, I don't know, 20 year old college student rant mm-hmm. about HSP actually being, um, some of the criteria for autism, right? Actually. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to interview Nicole Burgess on my podcast, mm-hmm. you know? And she's like, you have to ask her about that because you're talking about divisive. And she said, it gets sort of divisive in Ooh. the autism community it, around the HSP. Yes. So I, I wanted your thoughts around that. So I still think they're two different traits. Um, again, based upon what I'm seeing, and I, I hear your daughter, there is, there's certain social media groups that I have other colleagues that are in it. And so, you know, the whole neurodiversity where some people, yes. maybe it's attention deficit, maybe it's of the autistic spectrum, maybe it's highly sensitive and there's mm-hmm. that umbrella. But for me and how I look at that for autism, there's still the social aspect of it. There's still, they often have more like digestive issues and things like that, that don't meet really what Dr. Aaron has talked about. Um, and it doesn't Agreed. mean they can't be highly sensitive as well, but there's mm-hmm. often, there's just, there's differences in, I'll call it the, the way the brain is wired. That makes sense to me because I, I sort of compare it to like, okay, you can feel sad and have a, a down week mm-hmm. or two. That doesn't mean you meet full criteria for clinical depression. Correct. Correct. So it's like, all right, I know I have sensory stuff, Mm -hmm. lights and sound, and I had that my whole life Mm -hmm. and clothes and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I clearly don't meet full criteria for autism. Right. I'm actually very social. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I'm an introvert, I relate socially extremely well. Yeah. And I think that again, Dr. Aaron talks about, you know, oftentimes people really gravitate because it's a sensory processing Mm -hmm. trait. And she's like, people will say something about the lights or the clothes. And she's like, that's a piece of it. But the the biggest distinction for highly sensitive really is the depth of processing and the depth of feeling. Mm. That's really that distinguishing factor. Um, So they tend to feel deeper. Yes. Yep. And they have it in like with the mirror neurons and how they light up a lot more. Um, so there's mm-hmm. there's a lot more brain studies that have been done with HSPs now. And so they're starting to find out more and more um, with what is making it different in the brain, which is really cool. Yeah, fascinating. And when you say deeper processing, what do you mean by that? So it's, I, there's this image I've seen on Facebook before, you know, if you think of like, oh, I'm thinking of, I don't know, I'm going to go fishing. So you go to A to B type of thing, but our brain's like, oh, I remember when I went fishing over here and then I did this and so-and-so was with me. And it's like this convoluted trail 
to get to that Ooh. event because you are remembering different things. You're thinking ahead of like, what are some of the things that I may need? Who may else be involved? I want to make sure I don't hurt anybody else's feelings. And like, you're taking in almost like the whole world before you get to that fishing trip type of ah, thing. Okay. Versus someone who just grabs their pole and right. like, yeah, we're going fishing. Yep. Doesn't even worry about it. Yep. Great. Great. So, so one part of her does, right. The, um, her acronym, Dr. Elaine Aaron uses is like, you know, the depth of processing is how the person's brain sorts, categorizes and makes sense of everything. We're very deep thinkers. So we're connecting all these different patterns together, which makes mm -hmm. us really good problem solvers. <laughs> mm, great. But then what are some of the problems that HSPs run into? Oh, goodness. So we're known for that tendency for perfectionism because when we do something, we, we want to do it right. And we often do that first time, but we can get stuck in stopping ourselves from taking a step forward and just letting it kind of unfold or be what it is. So it's mm. being very mindful, like just take a step and see what happens. But we do, we like to contemplate things. We like to think things over because we want to do it once and kind of be done with it. Um, that's one thing we can do a lot of ruminating, getting stuck in mm -hmm. our emotions versus feeling them and moving through them. Mm -hmm. And because we're so in tuned often with other people in the environment, if we see, let's say we have a coworker that isn't doing, you know, so well, or they're behind on their work. Sometimes, you know, HSPs will step in and start doing those things for the person, which then again, leads to burnout because you're yeah. not respecting your own boundaries, or we take on other people's emotions when again, it's not ours. So it's recognizing there's kind of a, you, where you start and stop and where the other mm -hmm. person starts and stops, um, and being able to do that. And if you're overstimulated, which is her O of the does making mm -hmm. sure you have tons of time. There's typically around two hours per day, night that you are off, like all your screens, you actually have some quiet time. And I know oftentimes people are like, that's a lot of downtime. It's like, yep. Because your nervous system has been tuned in all flipping day. Yeah, And if you're in an office space or you're with your kiddos, if you're seeing clients, you're running around, whatever it may be, having just some downtime unplugged, being in nature is huge in relaxing that nervous system and kind of coming back to self again. Great. Great. That's about when I have the time, I don't have the time every day, right. but I think about like, I take an hour to two hours in the morning. Yep. That's where, called our slow startup. Mm -hmm. Yes, where I'm processing, I'm planning, I'm journaling, mm -hmm. I'm listening to podcasts sometimes and taking notes on them, mm -hmm. you know, like a very, I mean, it really is an active process for me, yes. but it's absolutely like no screens yes. typically and, and very, um, it's an alone, alone process, I call it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And when I um, married my, the newer husband, the newish husband, I call him now, <laughs> it was a process when he moved in mm -hmm. of telling him like, no, you cannot turn the TV on first thing in the morning yep. or you can, but you've got to use headphones. Yes. But I don't even like the, the screen flashing in yep. the other room. You know? yep. <laughs> so eventually he stopped that because yeah. I was like, I, I'm sorry, I just can't tolerate it. You know, like, no. I take that time in the morning, but yeah. I typically, you're saying it's really recommended in the evening. It's, it's both. So for both. most highly sensitive, and I think really, again, a lot of my clients too are also introverted as well. It's, I know I need that slow startup too. 
And Mm -hmm. so do a lot of my clients to feel really grounded and they come through the day feeling more calm, but it is also at night, making sure you've got plenty of downtime. If you can't do two hours, then even an hour would be helpful, right? It's like turning those lights down low, reading versus watching something or journaling, processing your day so that it's not mulling around in your sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And saying what, here's what I'm grateful for. Here's what went well today. So you also just celebrate you. Yeah. There's so many ways to help you unwind at night and setting limits with family members. If need be like, Hey, this is, you know, this next 20 minutes, half hour, whatever is my time and my quiet time. And everybody mm-hmm. can have quiet time as well. And it just teaches everybody. It's like, you can all learn to self-soothe and self-regulate by having that quiet time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do some planning at night too Mm -hmm. and do my gratefulness list and what Mm -hmm. I learned that day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not as, as a a much of a lone process because my husband will often sit next to me when I do Mm -hmm. that, um, watching TV or something, you know, but yeah, it's interesting. I do do that at night. I find, I think I have way more ability and time to do that now that my kids are, are much older. older. Yeah. When they were little, it was just impossible. It really was. And so I think as I learned more about HSP, it's like, oh, that's also why I was so burned out when they were little. Yes. One of the ladies I interviewed, oh, this has been a couple of years ago now on my podcast. She talked about that. Like she knew she was more sensitive and I don't know whether she knew the highly sensitive term or not at that point in time. I don't remember, but she remembers, she's like, yeah, I actually hired somebody to help me out with my little girl because she's like, I just couldn't do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I bet you got some backlash on that from some people. Right. And she's like, oh yeah, but it was for my own well-being, and it worked. And I was like, kudos to you because again, it's like, well, you're the woman you're supposed to do it all. And it's like, no, it's like, uh, uh, not when you're highly sensitive, having some extra help, having time away from those folks, hiring somebody, if you're able to afford that, do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So do you find that HSPs are more in general, more introverts than extroverts or there's a much bigger percentage. And if I remember the statistic, I may get it wrong, but I think it's like 60% are introverts and then the 40% are extroverts or maybe it's 70, 30. I'm going to blank on that now, but yes, a lot more introverted. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, thinking about all that time alone and processing and needing that. And it's like, I actually even wonder like, how do extrovert HSPs do that. So it's fascinating, right? So in some of my coaching business, I've had some extroverted folks and they didn't realize they were HSPs, but they were finding like they really were getting more into midlife and really truly recognizing like, man, I actually need more downtime, but I like being with people. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not about not being with people or being with people. You get, you know, you may bounce your ideas off there. You get energized by that. And you are taking in so much, which again, is that the S part of the does the sensitivity to the subtleties mm-hmm. you're taking in everything, the lights, the sounds, people's nuances, all that stuff is coming in and your nervous systems. Like who I need a little break. I need more space in my calendar. I need to do these things. It doesn't make you introverted. It makes you highly sensitive. And when they look through some of those, you know, questions about what it means to be highly sensitive, they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that is it. 
but it's like, it's so many years later that they're figuring it out. And then they look back in their history and they're recognizing like, oh, I understand why I was feeling edgy or grumpy because there wasn't enough boundaries or people weren't there for my emotional needs. And I stuffed that down. And so I've been Mm -hmm. making myself wrong for decades. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So once they realize that, then they can learn how to, it sounds like learn how to balance their schedule more. Yes. So it's okay. It's the schedule, it's their boundaries. It's called take up space, meaning, uh-huh. you know, assert yourself more. And then mm. they really, they honor who they are. They're honoring what's coming up within them. They're honoring, like, does this yes really light me up? Does it align with my values? Does it not? Does this light you up? Does this align with your values? Yeah. And so the women will really kind of think about, you know, if it's, if it's not aligning with my values or, you know, aligning with my temperament, then they start to learn to say no, or thank you for the invite, but not at this time. And they really start Mm -hmm. to honor themselves because they're more in touch with who they are. It's like that we talk about, you know, that capital S for self, the higher self, they Mm -hmm. really tap into that. And then it, I call it, it's like you leave yourself more as an open channel then for whatever divine guidance may want to pop in, whatever information is supposed to come forward. You have the space to hear it then when you're in that alignment. Oh, fantastic. I love that like deeper sense of it mm-hmm. because sometimes I think people really just get caught in the practical. Yeah. Or I heard someone recently say, this is one of my friends. She said, oh, I just... I have such a hard time asserting myself and I couldn't, it felt so rude to say no, but then it was like, she doesn't leave space for the other stuff to come in when she does say no or to take care of herself. Yes. And it's so fascinating. Women have been so conditioned to be the caretakers, to not have like healthy boundaries to, you know, it's rude. If you say no, I hear that so often from my clinical and my coaching clients. Mm-hmm. about that fear of saying no to others. I don't want to hurt their feelings. And HSPs, like we are notorious for like, so not wanting to hurt other people's feelings. I'm like, but you rob yeah. them of using their own mind of feeling their own feelings. When you do say no, it's like you stay on your side of the fence, your side of the mm-hmm. sidewalk, your side of the street, whatever phrase you want to use and do you, that becomes yeah. the relationship. Well, do you have a good tip of like how to start even in small ways to say no when someone really wants to say no? Let's say they're very clear on like, I want to say no, but I'm scared of hurting someone's feelings or I'm scared of making them angry or it feels rude. Yep. I'll give a couple different examples. Let's say you are, your kids got, I don't know, the PTA meetings, they've got an upcoming event of something or other, and you've been asked to participate, volunteer for it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted and I'm cranky and I cannot do this. There's no way. Hey, as much as I would love to do that this time around, unfortunately, I am unable to do that due to my schedule, due to my energy level, but please keep me in mind for the next time. Or if there's a smaller task that maybe I could do at home that would help participate with this, I would be open to that. Oh, fantastic. That's a good one. Yeah. What about at a situation like work? Yeah. So let's see if you're, let's say you're a manager and Mm -hmm. this is when I get, again, HSPs love to take on more stuff and not say no. 
if you are like a manager, then you've also got a manager and they're like, oh my gosh, you do such great work, Elizabeth. We want to put you on this other project while you're working on this other thing over here. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've got like 20 things that are on my to-do list. Then go back to that supervisor and you can say, hey, I love that you want me on this next project. And I'm wondering, could you help me then prioritize what you want me to do first? Because here's what I have lined up so far. Mm, Fantastic. Okay. And then what about, you know, I'm thinking about somebody trying to do that and getting super anxious about doing that. Any tips for them to like help them calm down and really, you know, practice doing that? You know, one way to practice, honestly, I do so much. I like visualize this stuff by myself first and foremost. I mean, I can feel like the butterflies are come up on my stomach or like my throat starts to get tight, right? That's our throat chakra where our truth is. And it's Mm -hmm. visualizing, okay, I'm having this conversation with this person or persons or friends or family or whatever. And just realizing like, this is coming from a heart space. This is coming from love for myself, love for them. I'm not doing it out of vindictiveness. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like, if I don't take care of me, then I can't be there for others. And so first kind of just visualize, like I'm very calm. I'm well, everybody is safe. And then if you can practice with somebody that you know is easier for you you to practice with. You can do a little Mm -hmm. bit of role-playing. And then the more you keep practicing or even doing small steps like this, your confidence level really does get better. Because again, we're taking action against our ego who's saying, oh my gosh, you're going to hurt their feelings and they're going to like not like you. You're going to lose your job. It'll go to extremes. That's what the ego and fear will do, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I can feel nervous and assert myself. It's not an either or. That Mm, nervousness, yeah, yeah, the nervousness in the moment won't kill me or anybody else. I just feel it in my body. So I can take take a couple of deep breaths or, yeah. Yeah, I see it as like retraining the brain too. Like the more that you do that, the more you practice that, the easier it becomes. Yes. And it reminds me when I was in like my mid twenties, I had um, graduated grad school. I had my PhD and I decided to leave the field of psychology. So I worked in various jobs, some Mm -hmm. in tech, but this one, one position I had for a couple of months, maybe even like six months was working as an assistant for a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. And before a business meeting, he would sit me in the conference room Mm -hmm. and he would practice what he was going to say. Yep. This was an extremely successful guy already, Mm -hmm. you know, but Mm -hmm. he's, but he wanted an he wanted a person there, an audience there, yep. so that he could practice what he was going to say in the like next meeting coming up. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of that, you know, like practice ahead of time, yeah. really do it out loud, even because it comes out differently when we do it in our heads Correct. versus out loud. Yes, yeah. I always think like in our heads, everybody reacts perfectly, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> everyone's silent or they're all looking at you or whatever needs to happen. Yeah. It so doesn't happen that way, but yes, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Right. But yeah, in our heads, it's like <laughs> our boss just says, that's a great idea. <laughs> our kids are always perfect. It's not my kids in my head. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, true. the fantasy life. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, I really like also how you um, spoke about the throat chakra and mm-hmm. how to tune into that and really f- 
free it up is what the vision, the like picture that came to me is like mm-hmm. this throat chakra, just sort of expanding, like light expanding out of the throat. That's yes. what the images that came to me. Yes. And it, it's fascinating, right? Over the years, I remember being in my twenties, thirties where I, again, my throat, I could feel it. Like even now, right. There's a small tension. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm speaking up about this. And there's a nervousness about it but nobody's mm-hmm. going to die from this conversation. I'm not going to die. Nobody's being harmed. If they don't like it, they'll just turn it off. It's easy as that. Yes. But, right. When we speak that truth or we may go against somebody else's belief system, it's not making me right and them wrong. It's like, we have a difference of opinion. We have a different belief system. I'm open to hearing yours. You know, hopefully you're open to hearing mine and we can still agree to disagree. Absolutely. Yes. I yeah. love the the delaying technique you use to mm-hmm. hit me up for the next project, right? For the yep. PTA or, you know, yep. um, I always say, um, what was it like? Oh, maybe I'll have some of that later if yep. it's a food pusher, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, have this, I just made it, whatever. And mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'll have some later. Can I save it for later? Like yep. that type of thing where it's a soft no, that's mm-hmm. what I call it. Like a soft no versus like a hard no, right? You know? Like no and go away. Yep. Or no and you know, and if you feel drawn to say no because that's you taking up space, then say it directly and that's okay too. No, thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like I I tend to do the soft no, mm-hmm. but yes, if someone has a hard no, mm-hmm. you gotta say the hard no. Yep. yep. Agreed. So let me review the the does D O E S. So we have the D D is the depth of processing. Mm-hmm. O is overstimulated. I mean, when life's coming at you all over the place, right? It's like, shoot, you're just, there's so much going on in your nervous system and what you're taking in. And so it's making sure you can decompress. The E is the emotional responsiveness. And what that means is HSPs have like more, they feel the positives more strongly and the negative events more strongly. So I laugh. There's times where, you know, you walk outside and you see a butterfly. I can, you know, I've got butterfly bushes and I mean, I could be literally moved to tears. The sunset sunrise could move you to tears. A painting could move you to tears, right? Mm -hmm. That's normal because there's just different things in the brain that are getting all lit up. And you're just like, there's such beauty in that thing that you're witnessing. And the other part that the negative events, right? If you're watching violent movies that can really move you to feeling, you know, hurt and worried and things like that. And so that's why oftentimes HSPs avoid a lot of the violent movies or violent scenes and things. Ah. Yeah. And then the S is for sensitivity to subtleties. Again, you notice everything you're beautifully conscientious, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, recognizing kind of what may be going on for other people in the room or the vicinity you are just doesn't mean you need to take it all on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So it's about building some of those boundaries, mm-hmm. like internally. Yep. But also externally, like setting boundaries with people. Yeah. Yeah. That internally, I find, is often difficult for people. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do you shut off a room that you're walking into and say you have to be there for a networking event or work or something like that? When I've done those in the past. I, I walk in with the mindset, like my, I have a, an intention. My intention is to meet maybe two people. So that's first mm-hmm. and foremost, that speaks more to my introversion than anything else. It's like, here's my mm-hmm. goal. I'm going to meet two people. Then the next thing I do is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait just to look around and observe. 
So again, I've got a whole different intention being set up. I get to observe what's going on. I get to observe the people. And that's my slow warm up, right? When I walk into uh-huh. a room and I see people, maybe they're laughing or maybe they're somebody's hiding in the corner, another introverted folk, you know, type of thing, whatever it may be. But it's like, I'm just going to be the observer right now. I don't need to do anything else but observe. Giving yourself right. permission to just, yeah, slowly warm up. Oh, fantastic. Well, you have given us the high level and then really good practical tips. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, we're coming to the end of our time. So please tell people how to find you. Yeah. So my current podcast is a soul-filled sisterhood. So we talk all about kind of HSP stuff and business and just living in like the different life parts of life um, are covered on the podcast and they can go out to Nicole burgesscoaching.com. And then there is a link on there that says to my podcast and they can find all the episodes and the upcoming ones and all that good stuff. So it's Nicole Burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S coaching.com. And that will be in the show notes for everyone. And then they can get connected with how to work with you as well as check out your podcast. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. I learned a lot today and uh, I found the conversation really supportive. I loved being on. Thank you for having me today. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.